name. And everybody say amen. amen. Open your sermon notes. Get your notes out. Galatians chapter 5. Today we're going to conclude a series. Next week we start a brand new series. Next week our series is called um, Taking Charge of Your Life but Giving God the Master Key. Taking Charge but Surrendering the Master Key. It's at the back of you. Flip your sermon notes over. It's on the bottom of your sermon notes called Next Week. So you know where we're headed next week. And I'll talk to you about that later on, give you a little preview and what I call a read ahead, which is going to be different than what you have now. Um, your read ahead is going to be Romans chapter 12, verse 1. If you want to make a note of that right now, where it says read ahead, that's what you're going to do next week. So I'll tell you about that, but let's get to today's teaching, conclude today's sermon. We've been in a series on uh, family gumbo. The theme is called Taking Charge of Your Family's Gumbo. Say that with me, please. Come on. Taking charge of your family's gumbo. Imagine you're in the kitchen and there's a big pot in between you and your spouse, you and your kids. The kids on the side, you and your spouse on the other, on opposite sides of the pot. And everybody gets to put flavor in this gumbo. The question is, how does this family gumbo or relationship taste? Does it taste good or does it taste bad? If we're honest, sometimes our families don't taste good. We don't like going home. It's not fun. What's wrong with our gumbo? What causes it to be this way? Last week I talked to you. So I was here. Last week I talked to you. <laughs> so much, you got so much going on, I can't remember. Isn't that amazing? Uh, but we talked about how to cook a good gumbo. This week I'm talking about how to cook a bad gumbo. So this is a bad gumbo recipe. I want to show you how to mess up the gumbo and make it taste bad for everybody. The kids taste it and they can't stand it. You can't stand it, nobody can stand it. And what's really sad is a lot of people know it doesn't taste good, but instead of pouring out the gumbo and starting over again, they just make themselves drink it. And what it leads to is a life of misery. And what you, if you're not careful, you'll blame each other. It's your fault. It's your fault. No, no, no. It's the gumbo's fault. Let's dump the gumbo. Let's stop relating this way. It's all these cuss words. It's all this arguing. It's all this fussing. It's all these financial pressures. That's the issue. It's these time crunches. We have no time, no headroom. I love having headroom. You ready? Get your hands like this, please. Call hand signal time. All right, tighten it up, tighten it up. That means I have no time. I can't breathe. I can't do anything. Open it back up again. Now God has a chance to insert something, a blessing, an opportunity, I never live my life like this. Never. I always have time. On my calendar, there are, there are times I call open. Open times. Monday is, Monday is absolutely open. It's always Diane's day, period. In the discussion, that's it. You may not get an answer on Monday. You can try. Sometime when the spirit is high, you might get in. But, but if not, what are you doing on Monday? Ice cream. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hanging out. We went over to, um, last week, we went to Hot Mamas. I said, what's a Hot Mamas? That don't sound good, does it? <laughs> Shouldn't say that in church. He went to Hot Mamas. It's a place over in Hilton Head we'd love to go eat. I probably just gave him a good advertisement. Man, they got some good old soul food over there. Praise God. I go over there and get them greens. And thank you, Jesus. Mm. I told Diane, it was about 3 or 4 o'clock. Baby, we're going to Hot Mamas. Let's go to Hot Mamas. Last month, let's go. We go get got in the car, and drove over there, and, and just enjoyed ourselves. It was great. 
This is great. And then we might, you never know. I, I just believe you need to have some time for yourself. Sometimes we go walk on the beach. Sometimes we just go put our feet in the sand. She likes that, you know. Every place we go, went to Brazil a couple of weeks ago. That's why it was a couple of weeks ago, right? Uh-huh. That's why it was. You, you want to see her? Shh, watch this, watch this, watch this. What was I doing in Brazil two weeks ago on a Sunday morning? Do you want to know? Nothing. <laughs> I was in Rio de Janeiro doing absolutely what? Nothing. I'll say it one more time. Come on. Nothing. Man, it was wonderful. What were you doing in church? <laughs> Watching me, right? Praise God, right? It was a good sermon. You enjoyed it, right? I'm talking about it, but I had, I had a ball. So every now and then, you got to have some headroom, some time to think, some time to pray. And so it makes your gumbo taste better. Your gumbo flows better when you're not all stressed out. And so we'll talk about how to do that, but let's talk about bad gumbo today. Here's Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Galatians 5, 13 is going to show us an important principle. But let me give you the two ways to make the gumbo taste bad so I can just tell you what those are, and then I'll go back and describe it. The first thing you can do if you want your gumbo to taste bad is walk in the flesh. Say that with me. Please come on. Walk in the flesh. Now, the bottom line of what that means is be selfish. Just be selfish. That's what it really means, in essence. Bottom line is you do what your flesh, you, you personally want to do. Forget everybody else. What everybody else wants in the gumbo, it does not matter. It only matters that you want this, and so that's it. Here's the second thing you can do to create a bad gumbo. Number one, number two, say ignore the real issues. Come on. Ignore the real issues. That's, if you ignore the real issues and you get distracted, you will have a bad gumbo no matter what. But that's up to you. Galatians 5.13 explains. For if you, brethren, have been called to liberty, only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh or to be selfish. But... Through love, serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite, if you bite and devour, I love this verse. If you bite and devour one another, beware, at least you be what? Consumed by one another. So you have three choices. You ready? Number one, you can, you have the liberty to serve one another. You can choose. We want to serve each other. Or number two, you can, you have the liberty to love one another. Love your neighbor. You can choose. I, I want to be loving. I want to get along with people. That's what I want to do. Or thirdly, you can choose. You have the liberty to be consumed one of another. You make a decision. A family makes a decision. Do we want to go around arguing and fighting or do we want to get along? Do we want to love each other? Do we want the gumbo to taste this way? Or do, do we, we choose that? Nobody chooses it for you. You and your mate choose it. Diane and I made a choice. We make a choice every day. Do we argue over this issue and allow it to destroy us and consume us? Every day we think about it. Every day we talk about it. Just dominated by this. Is that how we want to live? You know, I make that decision as a pastor. Do I want every day to be about money? Do I want every day to be about paying bills? Do I want every day to be about trying to get the seats filled? No. It's terrible. Who wants to do that? I barely want to get in front of people. I say it all the time. How do I get a job where I get in front of people? Every day. All the time, it's like, it gets on your nerves. They look at you. <laughs> Is he dressed good today? I don't know. I put what I could on. Praise God. You know, you get paranoid. You just get paranoid. Did you comb your hair? Did you what? I'm not looking on the screen, you know. Just, you can just be a paranoid person. So you choose, no, I'm not going to be consumed by all that. Trying to be impressive. No, no, I don't want all that. I, have this, I decide, and you decide as a family. The King James Version. 
takes the same verse and expands it a little bit. Listen to how the King James. Now, this is important because in the King James, it, this, this subject kind of takes a leap. I want you to listen to what it says. And this is how you've heard it all your life if you read King James. But if you, if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be what? Consumed. Walking in the spirit, I say then. Walking in the spirit. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the what? Lust of the flesh, the selfish desires you have. For the flesh, lust against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. The Holy Spirit and you are at, at odds. The Holy Spirit saying, don't put that in the pot, and you're saying, ah, I want to put that in the pot. And so this gumbo mix that you have, if you walk in the flesh, it will be all about you. If you walk in the spirit, he'll stop you and say, don't put that in there. You know they don't like you to say those words to them. You know that offends your children. You know that, you know that causes tension in the house. Walk in the spirit. See, this is not walking in the spirit, raising your hands, shouting in church. That's easy. Walking in the spirit is how you manage your daily attitude. It's whether it's all about you controlling the gumbo, controlling everything. Verse 17, for the flesh lusts against the spirit. That's your natural tendency, lust against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another. You and God are at odds. But the only thing that stops you from doing the things that you would do is that you have the Holy Spirit tugging at you, saying, hey, come on, that's being selfish. Hey, don't put that in the pot. The gumbo's going to taste bad to her or to him. Don't do that. The Holy Spirit stops you. The presence of God stops you if you allow it, if you choose to. You can choose to be consumed one of another. Or you can choose to say, no, we don't want to live this way. Imagine what it would be like in your family if you didn't do that. Galatians 5.17 in the New International Version says it another way. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit. There it is again. My natural sinful nature, my natural selfishness, me, Ricky Temple, tend, I am at odds with the Holy Spirit. And the spirit, what it, I'm sorry, read again. The sinful, my, 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 I can read on a good day. For the sinful <laughs> nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. Read that with me, please. Come on. They are in conflict so that you don't, you, so that you do not do what you want. It stops you. The Holy Spirit stops you. Now, I want you to be really clear. Whenever you see the term flesh in this scripture, it's, in this text, it refers to your natural passions, your natural weaknesses and selfish tendencies. It's just what you want to do. And here's what he says. The gumbo will always be bad if you walk that way, if you live that way. It's what I want. This is my house, children. You have no job. So be quiet. I put what I want in this gumbo. It tastes good. You drink it. Okay? When you get a job, young lady, you can tell me what to do, but you don't tell me. You drink it down, or I will send you to the other side of the room. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that just amazing? Doesn't that just edify you? It's when you look at people and you tell them because you've got the power and you've got the authority and you've got the, you've got the strength, you've got the job and you've got the position, you go to your job as a supervisor and you let everybody know who you are. It's all about power. A lot of men misunderstand leadership. Leadership is not about having a final voice all the time and knowing everything. I mean, you know, every now and then Dan is right. She's right yesterday. She was right yesterday about something, you know. I, I guess I should confess it. Something was 
I was looking for something, and, and um, I thought something wasn't working, and she said, no, let me try. And I said, she's, she's a scientist. She always got to experiment. I can tell you it's broke. Diane, the laptop won't come on. <laughs> and she'll say, well, let me try it. No. I just told you it won't come on. I did everything. I did everything. <laughs> so then she goes and plugs it up. <laughs> oh. Mad now, making make me look bad. Praise God. <laughs> just... <laughs> because she's an experienced wife, she doesn't say, I told you. She just smiles. Little wicked smile. I can hear it in her head. I can hear, I can hear, I can I know she's saying something. <laughs> if you walk in the flesh, you want it your way, you want to be right, it's got to be right. You don't pay attention to what you say to people. You don't really care what you say to people. And you start ignoring the real issue. See, the gumbo tastes bad because we're ignoring the real issues. And what I love about this chapter in Galatians 5 is he, he gives a list. It's one of those, those places in the Bible where you have to buckle up real tight because he starts saying, let me give you a list of stuff that you can put in this gumbo to make it bad. And he starts off with bedroom blindness. He starts off with sexual issues. The whole list from the top Galatians 5 and 19, he says, let me tell you what will mess it up. And he names them adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and lewdness, four things, all having to do with our sexual lives, what we called in our past study bedroom blindness. And bedroom blindness is not having a, a, a balanced view, a blind, having, a, a, having a blinded view of your sexual life. And you might want to go back. If you missed the series, it's online. It's for free. Go listen to it for free. Best deal in town, right? And you just go online to our website, click on Church Online, and, and you can listen to the whole sermon series. It's for the month of September of 2015. I only say that so you'll know where to find it if you're listening to it in the future. But that's where you can find it. And what's really cool is we got this thing called sermon theme. So any sermon theme that we preach from 2014, 15, 16, and going forward, you'll be able to go back and listen to it. And the sermon notes are there. And in the sermon series on bedroom blindness, I talked about how powerful it is in your life when you're blinded in this area. It can reshape everything for you. It has already reshaped some of your lives. If you, took, if, you, if you got a better handle on that area of your life, a lot of the issues you faced in life would disappear. But I want you to notice with me the list he gives. Galatians chapter uh, 5, verse 19. He says, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are, number one, adultery. Look at the top of the list. Top of the list. You want to make this gumbo taste bad? Put that in the pot. Fornication, number two on the list, having sex with somebody that you're, married, that you're not married to and having sex with somebody that you're, well, let me see, just, just, you get the point. <laughs> it's violating the marriage covenant. That's what adultery normally means. Fornication has to do with having sex with someone that, and you're, you, neither one of you are married. They're, they're, it, but it all means the same thing, basically. And I know this is strange. Let me tell you, when Paul wrote this, <laughs> everybody said, you got to be kidding I did, too, when I read it, because I never was taught this coming up as a kid. Now, you might say, what kind of family did you grow up in? A good family, just like your family. Now, act like you don't know what I'm talking about. This looks really spiritual. <laughs> Adultery, he says, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. Pause right there. In verse 20, he goes to another list. And then he starts these lists, and I want to show you like four or five lists he comes up with. And he breaks it down into various categories. And I, I just think this is just so amazing. Notice what he says. First of all, 
under the, under the um, uh, bedroom blindness area, notice as you turn the page, adultery is on the list. It means to have sexual relationship with a person who is not his or her spouse. And what I do is I give you the reference where I found that definition. It's EBD. So if you go to the bottom of your page, on the back page, you don't have to do that. I listed the sources for you. So that's for people who just want to be like me. You're geeky. You want to go look up stuff, okay? Uh, fornication. You ever heard of the word pornea, porn pornography? Same idea? It, is, it, it covers a broad range of sexual issues. Fornication, uh, prostitution, sex, it's called sometimes sexual immorality, um, sexual, uh, sometimes sexual sins of, of, of a general kind. It's not just one area. Uh, that includes many different behaviors, including incest, having relationships within a family, when you know, fathers abuse daughters and so on. And all those things are, 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 are siblings abuse each other. All those things are, are what he labels under fornication. Notice with me, he goes further. Number three, uncleanness. That's, again, another way of saying sexual impurity. Number, number four, this is a word that's interesting because it's, it's the word lewdness is the word used to be in the old King James, lasciviousness. Maybe you've heard that word, lasciviousness. It means to be unrestrained in moral attitudes and behaviors. When I watch some of the sitcoms, when I listen to some of the TV, honest to God, there's no walls. There's absolutely no boundaries. There's no walls. It's just whatever you want to do. And I want you to listen to me. I want you to hear me. I like fun. I mean, I do. I'm a big fun guy. And this, on the front end, is fun. On day one, two, three, four, five, ten, it's fun. But somewhere down the road, it doesn't taste good. Putting this in the gumbo of your life does not taste good. I, you know, I, I, was, I was reading, uh, and I, I'm gonna, I think I posted this on my web, where... where and under um, Pastor Rick, there's articles. And one of the things that I was amazed by, I was amazed at how easy it is for you to assume things aren't true about this area of your life. You think you, think you can be in a relationship with a person and, and, and it doesn't change the flavor. It changes the flavor. And that's why you have to empty the pot and start over. You have to say, listen, I, I can't let this be in here. It, 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 it would change the way you viewed me. If I were unfaithful to Diane, you would not see me the same. And that's fair. That's very fair. There's something about understanding the power of walls. God didn't put guardrails up and walls up because he wants to stop us from having fun. He says this does not taste good. It just doesn't. It doesn't long term. And there's something about understanding the danger, the damage it does to you. But what you do is you stop. You wash the pot out. You say, let's start again. Let's cook differently. And that, my friend, can change everything. Number two, you ready? The second carry. Say worship issues. So the first area that can make the gumbo taste bad is having bedroom blindness issues. Number two, worship issues. Now, I love the way he describes this because it's very simple. Idolatry, in verse 20, was a very common part of their culture. They understood that, worshiping the, the sun god, the moon god. But that's not what we do today. The, the definition of idolatry is anything you have ultimate confidence in other than God. 
Anything that you elevate above God, anything that you worship more than God, it could be your career, it could be money, it could be anything. I'm not against making money, but I don't want money to be more important than God is in my life. And, it, and they, don't have to be, they don't have to compete. I can make a lot of money and love God. There's nothing wrong with that. But I want you to understand, when they compete, it's dangerous. But the second thing on the list under this category, under worship issues, is surprising. It's sorcery. But the word sorcery is really the word pharmakia. It's drugs. And drugs make you feel magical. Thought that. You know, prescription, drugs. I mean, think about it for a second. Have you become a worshiper of your drugs? Are they more important to you than you walk with God? Are they making you compromise your values? It's so easy to be caught up in this whole drug world and lose perspective. It's all about getting to the next high. What has it done to you? Listen, it has done some magical destruction in your family. You went from a working person who was solid and strong to now going to the next high to the next high. It, it's amazing. You'll do things that you never thought you would do. It transforms you. You can get an education. You can have a business. You can have lots of money. You can have millions of dollars. And it, 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 look, look at your celebrities. Millions of dollars. 40 million a year. If you make 40 million a year, what do you need to get high for? I mean, I'm just trying to understand what in the world do you need to get high for? Because here's what you learn. Like the guy who jumped off the bridge the other day. You learn that celebrity doesn't make you happy. You just sit there and you just grieve in your heart. I was, I was preaching in L.A. when I was pastoring both churches, and a celebrity guy comes down the aisle with a wad of money in his hand. Pastor Rick, I want to talk to you in the middle of the sermon. Diane recognized it from television. I'm thinking, dude, I'm preaching. And, but here's a bigger question. What happened to you? What happened to you? Did he give you the money? No. Security stopped it. <laughs> That's not the way to give an offering. There's, there's this incredible challenge when you sit there and you watch people and you say, what happened to you? Pharmacia. It's like sorcery. It has this sorcery kind of effect on you. Have you been changed? Let's use this term. Hex by drugs? You just can't, you can't, you, you've lost yourself. That's the real issue. That's why your family gumbo doesn't taste good. Here's the third area. area. Temperament issues. Can you say that with me, please? Come on. Men, are you angry? <laughs> Hatred, contentions, jealousies. Here's a big one. Outbursts of wrath. Selfish ambitions, dissensions. Heresies, false teachings, false truths, spreading lies on each other. All that stuff. He says all that's linked together, and all that, that, that's the real issue. That's why the gumbo doesn't taste good, because in this house we yell so much. In this relationship, on this job, in this department, there's this atmosphere you've created. You got to tell people what to do, because they don't do right. You got to put, you know, Okay. Fire-breathing dragon, supervisor. <gasps> Blown on everybody. 
I see pastors do it. I see leaders do it. I, I mean, come on. What in the world? What in the world? What, in the, what do you think this is going to taste like? Who cares that you get the job done if at the end of it nobody wants to eat your gumbo? And at the end of the day, you end up in a place where nothing tastes good in your life. Veteran blindness issues, worship issues, temperament issues. Here's the fourth one. You ready? Say resentment and violence issues. Come on. Envy. Murder. When they sit at this pot with you, all they get is, when they taste it, is envy. You know what envy is? It's, it's not, it, it's wanting, it's seeing you with something and feeling it should be mine, and I'm willing to take your husband from you. Because you don't know how to treat him. That's envy. I'm going to take your wife. I'm going to take your position. I'm going to manipulate the numbers. I'm going to hold back truth. I want, I want to be promoted so bad, I'll do anything to make sure you don't get the advantage. Envy. Resentment. Violence. You, you, you just, I love the, the way he, he says this, and I, I thought about this. You know, He says murders. What does he mean, love that? Because it, it's so graphic. It paints the picture. You're sitting at this gumbo, right? We're all sitting around, and you look over, and you tell your wife, I never loved you. Dripping. You are the dumbest kid I could have ever had in my life. Cut me. And you know what's happening? Their blood's dripping in the gum. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. And that's why it doesn't taste good. That's why they don't come by. They're all bandaged up from the last time they visited. Because all you do is highlight. I did not raise you kids to be this way. I can't believe you told me this kind of disrespect and never call. And he says, well, just stab me, cut me, stab me, poke me, stab me, stab me. So I should just love coming over here to be cut again. Well, you got to tell them the truth. I guess so. Maybe this is working. Let's taste it and see. See, here's, here's what will make you think. It doesn't taste good. Well, are you trying to say everything has to taste good if you want people to keep drinking it? You can make yourself a person who's always shooting people and, and correcting people and giving your words because you, you got a superior revelation about life and everything over everybody you meet. But you will be isolated. The reason some people don't have any friends and don't have anybody who interacts with them is because they've taken this position. You know, as a pastor, I had to learn to just let it go. I go to a guy's church, and I can see what's wrong, but I learned to be quiet. Stop saying the thing you see. Sometimes when you see people, you feel like you need to inspect them. Every time you see them, child, your left hip has grown more than the right one. Who, 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 who made you the hip, the hip person? Why must you say that? Why must, you, why must you always correct your children? Why must you always, why must you always, why? Who, who hired you for this job? Who gave you this job description? Well, I'm the mama. So what? That doesn't mean you still, you still can taste bad. You can be the daddy. You don't know I'm the daddy. Put your chest in, bro. I understand who you are. But when people are interacting with you, it's not fun. 
It's never fun. They don't like your church because you stay too long. I'm going to get y'all out here in a minute, I promise. You know, <laughs> people, man, people don't want to stay that long. It don't taste good. And then you, 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 you're talking too long and you, no one understands what you're saying and nobody knows where you started and where you're going and when you're going to finish. Go to sleep, wake up, you're still there. Jesus, I'm still here. I'm still here in this church. When is he going to end? <laughs> oh, Jesus. And they're always broke, always broke, always broke talking about money. Broke, broke, broke. Well, I thought God was a miracle-working God. At some point, you just get tired of all that, and you say, I'm just tired of that. It doesn't taste good to me. So they leave. You fuss at the people home streaming. They can cut you off, you know. Don't y'all cut off, but they can cut you <laughs> off, man. They don't have to come. You know, I want y'all to come. I want you to come on church, come to church on time. But let's just watch this, watch this. Now, this is important. How many of you have ever been late to church? Put your hands up high. Okay. Why were you late? Dragon. Dragon. You just, just confess, right? This is dragon. Who else? Why were you late? Come on, tell me. Why are you late? Come on. I ain't going to get you. I'm gonna, I was late too. Tell me. Why? Procrastinate. What else? Oversleep. I ain't hearing no good answers yet. I'm here all. <laughs> it? But this is amazing. Here's what I do. I never fuss at people. You know, I want you to come on time, so don't all be late next week. But I'm so glad you made it. I used, I used to get people a little card when you know, they used to be late when early days. I used to give them a little card. When they came late, I told the ushers, after this time, everybody gets a card to remind them what time church starts. <laughs> I, I did that for a few weeks. I did. I, did. I felt anointed. <laughs> I thought God told me to make this card. So, I gave, so, so what was funny, you know, two things happened. People said, just give me the card. Just give me the card. Just give me the card. I'm late. I know. Just give me the card. Just give me the card. I got a card today, Pastor Rick. I got a card, okay? And then other people say, I'm not going to get a card. I'm not going because I don't want to get a card. You know, just leave people alone. Let them work it out. I think you should try your best to come on time, praise God. But you know, I'm so glad you made it. Can you give yourselves a hand? Come on, you made it. Praise God. You made it. Come on, clap. You made it, praise God. You want people to taste this experience and say, that was, that was good. I'm better today. Here's the last one. Alcohol and and party issues. For some of you, that's your issue. It's alcohol. For some of you, the issue is getting high is where you live. And it's not just that. He says drunkenness, verse 21 of Galatians chapter 5, and revelries, which is loud partying. Man, I'm telling you, some of you say, oh, boy, Pastor Ricky, shouldn't you? That's how it was last night, huh? Hmm. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. What that really means is, it's more than just someone go to heaven. It means I'm not allowing God to rule in my life if I put partying at a place in my life and good times at a place in my life where it's above God. And he says, in the gumbo sometimes, that's the issue. These two things in your gumbo. Now, my testimony, it has really not worked well in my family. I'm not talking about, I'm, I'm separating having a good time with your family, partying, and the other kind. You know what I'm talking about? It's the other kind that he says doesn't taste good in the gumbo long term. And for some of you, if you're honest, Pastor Rick, that's true. But here's what's good in the gumbo. Ready? Galatians 5, 22. The fruit of the Spirit. Now, here's what I want, you, I, I want to explain what you mean. In, in the Greek, there's this in, 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 little Greek lesson. There's something that's called genitive case in the Greek. Nominative, genitive, accusative, dative, vocative. You don't care about all that, right? 
but, but you know, subject, and just, then it shows possession. So the, the Ricky's house, you know, apostrophe S, the house belongs to who? It, it shows who possesses the house. So in the Greek, when it would say, when it would say um, a spirit, the spirit of the, the, the fruit of the pneuma, the, 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 spirit, the fruit of the spirit, the, the word spirit, that it would show the possession. The, the fruit does not belong to me. It's the result of him. You with me? Okay, so it's the spirit's, Pachpias's fruit. So the result of the spirit working in your life is you start having love. Not you doing it. It's the spirit working in you. Are you with me? It's the fruit of who? The spirit. It's the, so, so in order for this to happen in my life, I have to be walking with the spirit. And he produces this in my life. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness. The gumbo is full of this stuff. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. I just become kinder, goodness, faithful, gentleness, self-control. All that happens because of the Spirit working in my life. This idea of you trying to scrub yourself holy and make yourself clean doesn't work. It's, it's you coming to him. This whole chapter, the whole book of Galatians is about people who thought, if I obey the law, I'll be right with God. If I become a Jew, I'll be right with God. If I keep the feast days, I'll be right with God. But in the book of Galatians, he says, no, no, no. It's, it's walking in the spirit. It's yielding to God. It's saying, I want, I want you to have a voice in my life. That's what produces the better gumbo. Sometimes when I see a family and I see the dynamics, I can almost say flesh. It's, 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 it's too much flesh, selfishness, me-ism. It's me. It's my anger, my frustration. And I act that way rather than yielding to the Holy Spirit's way, which is not like mine. Mine is long-suffering. Is for, his is forgiveness. You can tell which, which bag they're pulling out of. Who's guiding who? Coming to church is not, this is, this is easy. This is simple. This is, you just get up and come and sit here. This is, not a sign, this, is, this is not a sign in and of itself that you yield to the Spirit. It could be a sign you're going in the right direction. But not a sign that you are yielded. It's when you want to say those words and the Spirit says, hold that, and you go, okay. When you're, when you're wanting to be angry, and you, you, you just hold that, hold that. What bag are you pulling out of? Most of the time, if we're not careful, we're pulling out of the flesh. And the Bible says we end up reaping corruption. That's why the gumbo tastes bad. Did you get that point? Amen. Come on. Did you really get that point? Come on, amen. You get it? <laughs> Starting next week, I'm going to take a twist. We're going to continue talking about taking charge, but I want to make a point next week that I think is so important. You've got to make sure that you surrender. This idea of self-help and change your life on your own is, is, is a good start, but it's not going to get you to the goal. If God is not involved in your life, if you don't surrender the key to your life to him, it won't happen. And so what I'm going to talk about over the next few weeks is taking charge of your plans. Oh, man, this is such a great message. You want to hear it next week. Taking charge of your plans. I want to show you what he says about that. Taking charge of your finances. There's a part in there where we'll talk about that briefly. And then it's taking charge of your work. God can't bless you sometimes because of the way you work. It's, it's the way you work. And I'm not talking about being busy and, and, and being exhausted. I'm just talking about the way you approach work. 
He wants to bless you, but you're thinking the way you process. Oh, I, I, I should have pulled this up. I, it, it's something I'm going to talk about next week. And I, I, was just so, I was so touched by this, this incredible thought that I had. I had this thought the other day. And I was, I was sitting around, and I was praying about this sermon series. And I was saying to God, you know, wh- why couldn't I have certain things? I planned for them. And I went back and I saw all the things I planned and I, I didn't get them. And then I wrote this note. Um, and I'll talk about this more next week and next couple of weeks. We wanted and planned for things that we were not prepared, qualified, or called to do. It would take us years to mature enough to transparently, emotionally, professionally, or spiritually manage what we wanted. Our thinking could not fully grasp the best routes and approaches without guilt or fear of isolation. We needed time to grow and could not take charge until we saw the world differently. I want you to listen to this again. I was asking God, why is it that, okay, I, 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 I tried to take charge of my life before. I planned some things, and they didn't work out. Here's what the answer, here's what came to me. We wanted and planned for things that we were not prepared, qualified, or called to do. I didn't call you to do that. You, you don't, you, you're asking God for a salary you're not qualified for. Not now. I'm not saying you can't ever be qualified for, but I'm just trying to say, let's be really, be honest here for a minute. It would take years for us to mature enough to transparently, emotionally, and professionally or spiritually manage what we wanted. So think about this. You're not that transparent. You're not emotionally ready to hear that. You're not professionally qualified yet. You're not spiritually ready to manage what you're asking for. You you ask God to give you a husband. You ask God to give you, are you really, 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 really ready for that? You're asking God to do this. You want to preach. Really? And he can't get you to read your Bible every day? I mean, I'm just trying to say, I mean, when's the last time you read the Bible outside of the day? Okay, when's the last time you prepared? When's the last, what, what research are you doing? What book are you reading? I mean, let's be, let's be honest. You want, you want a lot of children, but you're having trouble with the one. You're, you're pulling your hair out and you look. Understand, I had to admit, some things you're praying for, you're asking, you're trying to plan. God says, back up the train. Our thinking could not fully grasp the best routes and approaches. Israel wanted to go through. God, God, when they left Egypt, the best route was through a wilderness, but they would have to fight. So God couldn't take them the best route. He had to take them the long way. Couldn't take you to college and get you a four-year degree because you wouldn't study. You were too hung up on your friends. You were too hung up on being cool. So you got to let you live your coolness out. <laughs> Work on the job you hate. Make a little bit of salary because you were too cool. You was a hot mama. You understand what I'm saying to you? So you had to wait until your swing started swaying in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> See, I'm serious. When you're young, when you're young, you know, you're a young girl, you know, you be walking, you knock everybody in high school. Bam, bam. Oh, go through the hallway, everybody. Whoop-pow, whoop-pow. They just, ha, ha, ha. Don't worry, here's what happens. 
a few children. Them hips don't growl like that no more. <laughs> Shoot. You bad now, dude, because you live with your mama and your parents. You bad. You dress up and you have your bling, your shoes on, everything matching. But don't worry. You won't be able to afford Jordans. <laughs> they tell you $200. You say, well, how much is that? $200? <laughs> That's a whole week. Seven. Man, it took me a week to make that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Our thinking could not fully grasp the best routes and approaches without feeling guilty or fear of isolation. You're so worried about being isolated. My friends won't be here. You want them to come to church unless somebody come with you. I got I to gotta, I gotta have somebody with me. Really? I always tell people, that's just the mind, the way you think. If I gave you $50,000, I love this illustration, and I gave you a check today for $50,000, who would you take to the bank with you? Nobody. You heard that? He said, nobody's going. Nobody's going. Nobody is going with me to the bank. Nobody. I don't need you to go. No, I'm fine. I can go by myself. I know exactly where it is. I don't need a deposit slip. I'll get one at the bank. It's fine. Not a problem. And then when I come back from the bank, I say, where were you? You say, out. <laughs> out. On Aaron. <laughs> what? Stop needing people to be around you all the time. Sometimes you're crying about being alone. God says you need to be alone. I'm trying to bless you. 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 You by yourself. I don't need anybody in here. I need you by yourself. I need to baptize you. I need to save you. I need to lift you up. Come on, shout amen if you hear what I'm saying. You young people, you're getting on my nerve all that. I need friends. No, you don't need them. Tweeting and texting. I'm trying to preach. you tweeting now. Stop it. Pay attention to what I'm saying. You're so focused on all these other folks. And now you take them with you everywhere you go. Got to, I watch this. Watch. I like this thing. But they, my mom be shaking all the time. Trying to read. Stop. I delete. Stop it. I'm, I'm, my arm shaking. My hip shaking. <laughs> I'm just a mess sometimes. Everything's shaking. Everything. I'm serious. Everybody with me. Trying to focus. Somebody take it to the restroom with you. Every time you go, you take it everywhere you go. You're so Come on, say amen. You hear me? You feel so connected. I got to end this. Listen. We need time to grow. That's next week. Father, help us today. Hear what we hear a message that will change us and lift us to a new place. Thank you for the chance to be in this house today. Thank you for what you said to us. I pray it helped people take charge of their life, their family gumbo, but always surrender the key to you, inviting you into their lives. There's somebody here today that has not done that. Lord, let this be the day they say, I need, I need God to deliver me. I need salvation. I need God to touch my life. I need to be delivered. I need God to do this. I need God's power. Secondly, some may say, Father, I, I need to rededicate my life. I have been off spiritually. And some would say, Lord, I need a church like this. I need a place where I can grow. I, I need to be a part of a fellowship like this. 
I need, I need, I need a different connection. Whether they're home or here, God, I pray blessings upon them today. And may this be a moment of transformation and blessing for them in Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen. I want to show you something. I want to get connected with you. There's a card. It's a blue card. It's in your seat pocket.